Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Thank you for checking out The Incline. I am your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. It's Thursday, May 2nd. Happy birthday to The Rock. No baseball today for the Dodgers. They get an off day. They're 20-13 and 13 right now on the season. One game ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Two games ahead of the San Diego Padres. We have a big three-game series that we're going to talk about. Starting tomorrow, the Dodgers going to San Diego at Petco Park, taking on the San Diego Padres. We look at the run score for each side. So far on the season, the Dodgers have scored 175 runs, while the Padres have only scored 108. However, the Dodgers have allowed 139 runs so far on the season, while the Padres have only allowed 121 runs. That's the third best in the National League. So overall, the Padres, they have a team ERA of 3.53 on the season, a bullpen ERA of 3.66, while their starters have an ERA of 3.45. So, so far the Padres pitching off to a pretty respectable start. Maybe a bit surprising to some people, so we'll see how this series shakes out. We're going to preview each game of this series. If the Dodgers could take all three, 
that would give them a five-game lead ahead of the Padres. Worst case scenario, Padres take the lead in the standings over the Dodgers. We don't want that to happen. So Friday's matchup features Clayton Kershaw versus Eric Lauer. Now here's some stats for Clayton Kershaw in his career against the San Diego Padres. He's made 34 starts. He's been able to compile 222 and two-thirds innings. Now get this, his record is 18-6 and six with a 1.90 ERA with 236 strikeouts. Oh, and by the way, his career ERA at Petco, 161. So nothing but pure dominance when Kershaw takes the mound against the Padres. We've seen him throw one nothing shutouts against this team. When Kershaw's on the mound, he's capable of keeping this team in check. Right now, the current Padres BVP against Kershaw, they have 100 at-bats, a 180 team batting average against him, 30 strikeouts, only 6 walks, and 2 home runs. So this team is striking out 30% of the time against Kershaw. Some of the guys that have a little success, basically nobody. But Eric Cosmer, 5 for 15 in his career against Kershaw. While Will Myers, 3 for 30, a 100 batting average against Kershaw. Never having any success against the lefty ace. And you're probably wondering about Manny Machado. He's never faced Kershaw in his career. On the flip side, the Padres are sending their young arm, Eric Lauer. He's a lefty, only age 23. Right now on the season, he's 2-3. and three. He has a 4.41 ERA. However, he made three starts against the Dodgers last year. He went 3-0. and He has an 0-92 ERA against the Dodgers. And that's over 19 and two-thirds innings with 18 strikeouts. There was a post-game interview where Eric Lauer was not shy about saying he's always extra motivated when facing the Dodgers. So... In the past, the Dodgers had had no success against Lauer. He's a better home pitcher than road pitcher. He actually has a, about a 3-7 career ERA at Petco, which gives him a little boost in this matchup. He throws that fastball about 60% of the, side, 60% of the time to both sides of the plate, averaging about 91 miles an hour, but he also features a cutter which he'll throw 20% of the time, and that's about 87 miles per hour. And then when he's facing righties, he'll throw a curveball about 13% of the time. But when he's facing lefties, he features a slider that he'll throw 10% of the time. In the past, the Dodgers have a 211 
batting average with the current players on the team. That's in 57 at-bats, 10 strikeouts, two home runs, and only three walks. Max Muncy is two for three with one home run in his career versus Lauer, while Bellinger three for six, and Kike Hernandez one for ten, but that one hit was a home run. If the Padres do manage to have the lead going into the ninth, keep an eye on their closer, Kirby Yates. Right now on the season, he has a .56 ERA and leads all of Major League Baseball with 14 saves. So two lefties going on the mound Friday. You would think it'd be a low-scoring game, at least on the Kershaw side of things. This will be Kershaw's fourth start of the season. He's 1-0. He has an ERA of the mid-twos. And he's still striking guys out. Let's see if Kershaw can go 2-0 on the season. And push for another All-Star campaign. The next game will take place on Saturday. It's Rich Hill making his second start of the season, and he'll be facing Joey Lucchesi. So we'll talk a little Rich Hill first. He made his first start of the season Sunday against the Pirates. The first two innings did not go well. He ended up giving... He gave up five runs. However, only one or two of them ended up being charged to him because of a Muncie throwing error. He gave up two home runs to Melky Cabrera, but from innings three to six, he didn't allow any runners to reach base. And Rich Hill's track record against the Padres is very impressive. He's actually, since joining the Dodgers, he's six and one with a 1.41 ERA, and that's over 51 innings, and he's got 65 strikeouts versus the Padres. So he's 6-1, and one, as I just said. He's completely dominated this team on the road and at home against the Padres. I'll tell you why in a second, but the current lineup the Padres feature are only batting 165 off Hill, That's 127 at-bats. The guy that's had the most success is Hunter Renfro. He's 6-for-18 against Hill. Two home runs. Manny Machado. He's faced Hill. He's 2-for-7 lifetime. So the reason why Rich Hill is able to dominate this team is because the Padres are just flat-out awful against the curveball. And we all know Rich Hill throws his curveball a lot. He's able to throw it at different angles, different speeds. Padres are one of the worst contact hitting teams against the curveball. They have a swing and miss rate of 33% of the time. So one out of every three curveballs, they're swinging and missing at it. On the flip side, Joey Lucchese, a lefty as well. 25 years old, second season, 
He's three and two with a four ninety four ERA, and he's been struggling his last few starts. Really seeing some issues with the command. His WHIP is now up to one point forty five. So he's dealing with some control issues, giving up a lot of walks. Got beat up his last couple times out. And he's had no luck against the Dodgers. He's only managed to go 12 innings and three starts against the Dodgers. And here's his record. 0-3. Career ERA against LA, 8-53. So this was all from last year. Lucchese is a guy that the Dodgers should be able to put away early. I know last year he was only a rookie. He hasn't looked much better this season, though. And we're catching him at a right time where he's slumping. If you look at Lucchese's fifth inning ERA this season, this is the inning where he really tends to struggle. He has a 525 earned run average. Dodgers bats historically against him. They have a 259 batting average with four home runs and they've compiled 54 at bats guys that have had a little success Kike Hernandez he's three for eight Muncie two for two and David Fries two for five so whether it's lefty or righty batter a lot of the Dodgers have managed to get some hits off Joey Lucchese his pitch arsenal is pretty simple he throws a sinker 60% of the time, and it's only averaging a speed of 90 miles an hour. And he throws a curveball the rest of the time. He's a two-pitch pitcher. His curveball moves at 79 miles an hour. Like I said, he has some command issues, so if he doesn't get that curveball working, he's going to throw a lot of sinkers. And historically, the Dodgers do very well against the sinker. Up and down this lineup, they have a very high hard contact rate. A lot of ISO up and down. So this team can get singles. They can get doubles. They can get home runs. They're going to put the ball in play when they face sinker ball throwers. So I like this matchup a lot on paper. Finally, the final game of the series takes place Sunday. And it has Kent Maeda trying to rebound from his last start against the Cubs. Taking on the rookie, Nick Margaviches. Now... In his career, Kenta Maeda is 5-3 with a 440 ERA against the Padres. He's, he's gone 59 innings, and he's actually got 76 strikeouts. Padres' current lineup is batting 235 against Maeda with 102 at-bats. They've been able to hit four home runs, and Manny Machado, 1-for-2, he has a home run off Maeda. Manuel Margot, little success, 4 for 11. And Hunter Renfro, 4 for 12. So basically, Maeda, he's got to try to go five innings, we can hope. If he can go farther than that, that'd be great. Hopefully the Dodgers are up two games to none in this series and Maeda can close it out. But let's talk about Margavich's. He's a lefty, so the Dodgers are facing their third lefty in the row for the series and the fifth lefty in a row 
consecutively, so not a lot of playing time for Jock Peterson right now. He's only 22 years old. He's a rookie. He's 2-3 and three on this season. He's got a 3.23 ERA. He's made six starts so far. And he throws a fastball, really soft, 88 miles per hour, and he'll throw that 50% of the time. He also throws a slider a lot, 30% of the time. And then he'll mix in a curveball, and he's going to throw a changeup sometimes to a right-handed batter. So now that we went over all the um, probable pitchers for the Padres, we look at this team overall. They have a 220 batting average on the season. It's not very high compared to the Dodgers. We'll get to them later. And we're not going to see the phenom rookie Fernando Tatis Jr., who was just placed on the IL a few days ago. He's actually batting 300 on the season, off to a pretty good start in his early career. And a lot of Dodger fans probably going to keep their eye out on the brief stint, but former Dodger Manny Machado, off to kind of a slow start so far, only batting two thirty six with five home runs. It's going to be very interesting to see how he responds to probably a lot of Dodger fans in the stands because more oftentimes than not, we outnumber San Diego Padres fans at Petco. A guy that we need to keep our eye out on, I mentioned him a couple times already due to his success, Hunter Renfro. He is a right-handed batter. He does a lot better against lefties. He's only batting two forty on the season, but he's got six home runs. But a lot of pop, and at any time, if he gets a pitch up in his wheelhouse, it could go into the bleachers. Another big name for the Padres, Will Myers, only batting two forty eight. But due to the lack of success against he's had against the Dodgers, he should be a non-factor in this series. A new guy that I didn't mention yet, Franmel Reyes, an outfielder for the Padres, has eight home runs on the season. He's a big right-handed bat. He hasn't faced many guys on our team yet, and he has the potential to change the game with one swing of the bat. So I don't want to see the Dodgers leave him any easy pitches, any pitches because we could regret it immediately. Eric Hosmer, former Royal who won a World Series with them. Padres gave them a lot of money to play first base. A lefty bat who makes a lot of good contact. Always a guy to try to keep off base just because he has head, heads up base running IQ and he can just put the ball in play. So... Dodgers-Padres will be a very exciting series. It's the first time these two teams have faced this year. Goal is to get a sweep, or at least win the series. Andy Green, manager for the Padres. Mark McGuire, bench coach. Fans have expectations of a wild card. We'll see if that happens. Don't know if they're there yet, but they're still going to be a good team down the line. So, let's talk about the Dodgers' April. 
Cody Bellinger. I mean, what can you really say about him? Off to one of the greatest starts in MLB history. He's batting 425. He has a 500 on base percentage. He's already got 48 hits, 14 home runs, 38 RBIs, an ISO of 459, basically leading the MLB in all these major offensive categories. If he's not player of the month, I don't know what it takes. So far, Cody Ballinger looking like the MVP of the National League. If he can keep this hot streak going, Dodgers are just going to soar their way into October. And then Jock Peterson actually off to a very good start as well. He's already got 10 home runs. Batting 239, but we're going to take those 10 home runs because that's up in the top five in the National League as well. The rookie, Alex Verdugo, off to a fantastic start. Batting 342, he has four home runs and 16 RBIs. He's going to get a lot more playing time due to someone on this team going down, which I'll get to in a moment. So right now the Dodgers, as a team, they're batting 259. They've scored 175 runs, which is second in Major League Baseball. And they've hit 52 home runs, which is third. So unfortunately, there was a Dodger who got put on the IL. And no, I'm not talking about Caleb Ferguson. A.J. Pollock, one of the off-season signings who they gave a four-year contract to, was off to a very slow start. Pollock only was batting two twenty-three. He had two home runs. He had 14 RBIs. He was only able to put together 103 at-bats. And this is disappointing overall considering he hit nine home runs versus the Dodgers all of last season. So he'll be getting elbow surgery due to an infection that occurred from his previous operations on the elbow. So... They got to remove that plate because I guess they didn't do their job in the first place in Arizona. So now we're going to be stuck with Chris Taylor playing a lot more. And Taylor is off to a very mediocre start, only batting 162. But on the other hand, at least Alex Verdugo is going to get a lot more playing time. I want to see him in the lineup against righties and lefties because he's proven that... He can hit both both hands. He has the he has a real shot of being rookie of the year. Another guy that's off to a pretty slow start for the Dodgers is Corey Seager. I'm going to give Corey Seager the benefit of the doubt though because he missed basically all of last year due to Tommy John surgery and then he also had hip surgery. So it's only fair to give Seager a few months to get back into real game shape. We need him to get hot down the stretch anyways in the postseason. So for now, Seager's just tinkering with things. He wants to be healthy. That's the most important thing. As long as he's on the field, that's really all I care about. Right now, Corey Seager has 114 at-bats. He's only batting 228, but he actually has an on-base percentage of 323. So he's definitely showing he still has a good eye and he can... Generate walks. He's got two home runs and nine RBIs. 
There might become a time where we have to decide if Seager should still bat in the two-hole. But for now, it's only fair to keep him up there. If he continues this slow start, we may have to move him down a bit. But this is still a winning team. They're not losing a lot of games. So why change things? It's never too early to talk a little trade rumors. Now that we might not have Pollock for months, I don't even know if he'll be back by September, if I'm being honest. Keep an eye out on Nick Castellanos of the Detroit Tigers. He's an outfielder who can also play third base. Right-handed bat. He has a lot of success against lefties. And if there's one thing this team needs, it's a lefty masher. Because they don't really have any people down in AAA that have that real success against lefty throwers. Last season, Castellanos batted 381 against left-handers. And it's a good rental option because he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. Who knows, maybe we can get um, Green in there as well. A little package deal. Get some relief help because we saw him Stripling's last outing, he showed some weakness. Urias struggled against the Giants. Joe Kelly still can't be trusted. We have to have the best guys possible to build that bridge to Jansen because we don't want to blow leads in the 7th or 8th inning of big playoff games. Little other things going around baseball. Even though the Red Sox are starting to win more games, Chris Sale, my Cy Young pick, looking not like the smartest decision on my part. He is 0-5 on the season, and he has a 6.3 ERA. And then out in Anaheim, Mike Trout quietly setting more records. He's reached base in all 28 games to start the season. And that's a franchise record for the Angels. Finally, we'll get to it hopefully on the next podcast, but after the San Diego Padres, the Dodgers then come back home. They're going to take on the Atlanta Braves for a three-game series. And then the Washington Nationals for a four-game series. And that'll keep the team busy all the way through next Sunday. So, little competition coming up with the NL East. Dodgers beat the Braves in the NLDS last season. Sean Newcomb, currently in AAA. We'll see if the Braves call him up just in time for this series. I wouldn't be surprised. Finally, I'll just want to say I was very impressed when the Dodgers smacked around Ty Block. Never thought I'd see the day, but that felt really good. All right, everybody, thank you for checking out The Incline. I hope my analysis of the San Diego Padres was very helpful for this upcoming series. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. Have a good day. Klein out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.